Mr. Rogers, I almost forgot that suit did nothing for your ass. No one asked you to look, Tony. It's ridiculous. I think you look great, Cap. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. That is America's ass. Welcome back to Deals and Scams. This week, we have a very special episode. We're not just talking Mm -hmm. about the hottest deals and the hottest scams. This week, we're taking on one huge scam. But before I tell you what it is, even though it says in the title, uh, we got to talk about Owen. (laughs) Owen, what's up? Describe what you're wearing right now. All right. So this has absolutely nothing to do with the episode we're about to do. But I have to to just explain this. Um, So... A problem that I often have while we record is that I want to be comfortable, but I can't because sitting right. in a chair is uncomfortable. And I, so it's the sticks, I, exactly. It's the sticks, Wayne. And I love my bed, right? But I can't, I can't stay in my bed if I'm being honest. I can't record a podcast in my bed. I mean, you could. No. How would it sound? Okay. You can't. It just wouldn't work, Sandy. Okay, in order okay. to be working, I have to be sitting. Yeah, that makes sense. That's fair. But I still yearn for the sweet, sweet comfort of a nice, cozy bed. Okay. All right. (laughs) So let me take you back to high school where I wanted. Real quick, I just want to point out that I asked you to describe what you're wearing. Okay, fine. fine. I'll describe. So, okay, to, to our listeners, what I'm wearing is I've got my pillow and then I've managed to wrap my pillow around my head as if my head is a burrito kind of and the it's like pillow. your head, head is the filling and the, yeah, my head the, is the filling yeah, yeah, yeah it's an eclair yeah yeah his face is the burrito meat yeah and the pillow is the tortilla the that's pi- what i always say exactly. i always say that owen's face is the burrito meat hey I mean you it. know what the- <laughs> oh thanks sandy yeah all right so then i've i in order to keep this on my head i've tied i've tressened it with some uh with a one of my um robe ties my bathroom <laughs> ties and a and an actual tie uh-huh. a tie yeah with a pattern a real life tie yeah yeah can you tell we- us about that vocabulary word trescent yeah that so was, I, I, I learned that on a cooking channel this cooking guy named guga guga foods <laughs> he always he's always talking about how you gotta tress in your meat in butcher's twine oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, wade oh, is a renowned <laughs> chef well, uh, Wayne's about to Wayne's about to cook us some words right yeah, now. Yeah, I actually um yeah, I actually cook at a 12-star restaurant. Yeah, it's just true. On oh my god. It's true. You invented yeah. nine more stars. Yeah, he's he's very good. <laughs> this but is a le- fucking constellation. Whatever Wayne cooks for me, I'm like, that was a tasty meal. That was tasty. Mm. But okay, oh it what, you you were taking us back to high school. Yeah, I'll, I'll wrap it up. <laughs> I'll wrap it up with my pillow. <laughs> this is the, our longest and most serious topic yet. So yeah. I love that we're starting it with this. I, I felt like we needed to start a little lighthearted a before little we light. talk about the horrors of war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So okay, yeah. So this is my invention. I'm calling it the um, the pillow immersion environment. <laughs> okay. So pie for short. <laughs> And, um, yeah, what was I going to say about high school? Oh, right. Back in high school, I really wanted this thing called the super nap head pillow, which was, it's kind of like the original dumb ad where it's a Mm -hmm. pillow that you put on your head and it like completely engulfs your head. 
Right. Except for your mouth. <laughs> That's it. That's, is this a real it. product? <laughs> this is real. You can look it up. It has. It actually has a tube. Oh my god! It makes you look like in. an alien. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. What is it called? What is it called? The it's called the super mind. nap head pillow or the ostrich pillow. Super nap. Hey, Google, Google listeners, Google this. Super. I nap mean, it looks like a little pillow. snail shell that you yeah. like stick your face into. Yeah. Oh yeah, this yeah. is crazy. And there's a couple of like holes in it so that you can breathe. And I wanted it so bad. Are you serious? That's and so <laughs> my parents got one for me for Christmas, but oh it wasn't the real one. They got me oh, a, a knockoff, a $15 knockoff classic from yeah, uh, this, from China. This original ostrich pillow is retailing for $99.99. Holy oh yeah, hell, I didn't get dude. that one. I got the lot. 15 buck. And it, it didn't really live up to the hype, I gotta be honest. But this right here, kind of, um, <laughs> does that live up to the hype? This <laughs> lives up to the hype. The, <laughs> the pie, pillow immersive experience. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. This this guy, this ostrich pillow, this super nap head pillow, is like this seems to me like a like a therapeutic mm-hmm. scam. You know? Oh yeah. Is yeah. this a possible future scam for future exactly? Episode? Yeah. Or like the general category of like. Oh, like all you have to do to get rid of your pain is like put this rubber band on your body. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like you remember those those fucking those bands? You guys remember those bands, the power balance bands that were I like don't. they were just rubber bands you would put around your wrist, and apparently they improved the your balance. Oh they my god, I loved that scam yes, so much. Yes. I love those things. I used to watch. Okay, they used to have. This is so goddamn off topic. They used to (laughs) have like celebrity endorsements and like yes, yes, I think they had like Magic Johnson or someone. Oh my god, dude, are we? It was it was like an NBA player. All right, scrap the episode. We're doing it on Power Balance fans now. And yeah, they're like they would do these tests where they would like. Oh, try to balance your arms. Yeah, and like, yeah, yeah. Now the power band, and they put the power <laughs> band, and they did the second the time. Power band, <laughs> and they never fell over. They never exactly. fell over. They actually started and, levitating. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, so uh, war movies. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. Real quick before we before we transition to that, I want to say, wearing this, if I saw a person out wearing this pillow. I would run away. It is a scary looking. <laughs> oh, pillow. it's scary as fuck. Yeah, it's really scary. But okay, look, you're right. We got. Wait, get I do on... want to say one one more thing before okay, we talk okay, about okay, war. Okay, okay, okay. Which is that previously in an episode, I was I I recorded blindfolded. <laughs> yeah, okay, hold yeah. on. Catherine has terrifying. a power band apparently. Oh my yeah, god, Catherine, Catherine has is showing band. us a power band right now, <laughs> and she's not falling over. Well, yeah, she she can. Catherine, put on the power band. <laughs> And then try to fall over. Try, <laughs> okay, try. She's putting it around her neck for some reason. Okay, now she's now, putting okay, it around her wrist. Now it's on the wrist. Okay. It's on. Wow. Okay, now she's she's balancing. She's balancing. Oh, she's she on her skateboard. skateboard. Okay, she's about oh. to get on her skateboard. She's oh, bouncing on the skateboard. Like she's famously idea. terrible at skateboarding. But now she's amazing. She just did a kickflip, bro. It was Yo, crazy. Catherine I don't even know like how that's double possible. Whammo kablamo. Yeah, that was incredible. She did a... F- oh, my God. Now she's riding it, bro. Just on regularly. one foot. One foot. It's only on one wheel at this point. Wow. Oh, my God. Dude, now it's on no wheels. There are no <laughs> wheels on the ground right now. This is incredible. <laughs> Holy hell. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Anyway, what were you saying, Owen? Okay, (laughs) I was just going to say really fast. Previously, I did an episode where I was blindfolded. Yes, a classic Now, in this episode, I can see. 
but my hearing has been dampened. So I can barely <laughs> hear myself. When can I talk, us? I can hear you guys perfectly. Okay. Yeah, okay. Because I'm wearing my ear going in. Yeah. But I my, see. I can, my, my, the sound of my own voice has been extremely dampened. I see. Well, this, this might change who you are. Like this might change mm-hmm. the whole episode. Yeah. Well, look, okay. I, I will say we had to re-record this episode because the first time we tried to record it, we got so off topic that Wade ended up recounting the plot <laughs> of the Star Wars trilogy. So we can't, we can't do that again. Look, all right. So the topic this week, it, look, it looks like Wade wants to defend himself. What, what are you going to say, Wade? I'm, I'm fine with you knowing. We have to introduce <laughs> the topic before yes. we talk about Wade's recount. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So the, the topic this week is the military entertainment complex. So the relationship between the military, the Pentagon, and, the, and, and ho- major Hollywood studios, right? So we're, 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 we're choosing this as a, an only scam episode because it's a big topic, right? There's a lot to cover. There's a lot to cover. I'm going to be presenting it as a scam. But first, we got to get on the same page. So this is the basic, the most basic understanding. Get us up this, to speed, Sandy. Yeah, of this relationship. Outline the mission. So the mission is, well, this isn't the mission. This is just an explanation <laughs> okay. of what's going on. So basically, the Department of Defense at Hollywood, the, the deal between them is that if a producer wants to use U.S. military equipment in their film, the department will not only provide the 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 resources in order to do that, so the access, but also some in some cases additional funding as well. So f- funding to to use the equipment, right? They don't just load up the equipment. They also provide like trainings and whatever, and like help using it. So this this relationship, in exchange for the the Department of Defense giving that to studios, the Department of Defense gets to pump to 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 outline a list of rules that movies have to follow, right? And if they don't, they don't have access to this funding or this equipment. So they those rules are like, can be different for different movies and they're not available to the public. They're very, it's very cagey. They're very cagey. Oh, shit, dude. Yeah, top very, secret. Yeah, top secret. It's real like, you know, Contra, like, you know, MK Ultra kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, it's no good. But um, the this is from an LA Times report. Uh, the red flags that co- caused the DOD to pause support on a movie are depictions of war crimes, depictions of torture, security of the nuclear arsenal, veteran suicide, sexual assault, and racism in the ranks. As these these are all possible reasons the Pentagon might flag a screenplay, right? Hmm. So I think those. Well, what do those have in common, Sandy? <laughs> I don't know. What do they? I mean, they're all they'll make the military look bad. Boom, bam. Yes. All right, continue. Boom. I had to point out the obvious, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I'm glad. Um, but basically, um, some movies are never... Basically, okay, we're talking about two different kinds of movies today. We're talking about explicit movies that explicitly de- depict war and movies that are like implicit war movies. So they, they, they have a, a less obvious connection to war, but are still... Um, but are still subject to Pentagon rules, right? So a good example, which our producer Catherine is telling me to mention right now, are the Marvel movies, right? So the Marvel movies have a longstanding and rather famous relationship with the Department of Defense. They are, uh, so many of their movies have used equipment provided by the military and thus have had their scripts approved by the Pentagon, right? So, and I think Catherine was real was very adamant that we bring this up as like the big part of the scam 
and I think, and I get why, I, I get why she, she, she was so adamant because like, it is a little disconcerting that like these movies ostensibly aimed at children are pretty, are, are pretty obvious, uh, propaganda machines for the military right like captain marvel there was a famous um quote uh referring to captain marvel as a, the ideal recruiting tool right so it's a mm. perfect way to get uh specifically women and younger women to uh have an interest in the air force you know so i mean look before we keep going before we keep going i've been talking a lot what, what are your initial thoughts what are your initial thoughts guys well, last time, so in the first war recording, yeah. we talked about Iron Man. We did. And I think it's a pretty good example because, okay, I mean, maybe it's too explicit in terms of the Marvel movies that deal with war. Because honestly, I didn't totally realize that there was this connection. And maybe, maybe most people do, but mm-hmm. I did not. Like, I really thought, I mean, I knew there were giant teams of people working on Marvel movies. Right. But I did not know that the military had this bit, you know, fairly large role in how they're made. Mm-hmm. So that was a surprise to me. Wayne, what do you think? Uh, how garbage to take do you guys want? <laughs> uh, it's up to you, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 you're you're putting your life on the line here. So yeah, I'll yeah. just pass. Okay. <laughs> so you'll say wow. so the two options were garbage take or I say nothing. <laughs> yeah, I just <laughs> or yeah. silence. Exactly. Military secrets die with the soldiers. <laughs> okay. You should just go on to the next, the next part. The next part? Okay. Well, look, I mean, I think that the, uh, a good place to go is the, these movies do not always get um, military approval, right? So in the case of the Avengers, the first Avengers movie, the mm. Pentagon did not lend uh, any equipment to the production of that movie because even though it's like, it's set in a sort of military base-esque environment. Like it's all an aircraft carrier, you know? Um, and they obviously requested help, but the Pentagon refused because S.H.I.E.L.D. in that movie is a, a bit of a shady organization. I think the, the whole idea is that it's this like military organization that is pitted against our heroes who represent whatever, personal freedom and standing up for what's right, you know? It's like yeah. they're recruited by S.H.I.E.L.D., but S.H.I.E.L.'s not so, I don't know about S.H.I.E.L.D. It's kind of dubious, you know? I think the big probably the big reason they didn't want to fund it is because the u.s military was going to drop a nuclear bomb on new york and like kill everyone in <laughs> okay, new york you know City. what great point that is a much that is a does that, does that I, actually I happen yes I, in they, shield they're actually bro in avengers they're actually bros of the shield they love shield like nick theory is awesome uh-huh. in captain america um the one after the Winter Soldier. That's what? when we find out that, that they're it's like, evil. Oh, Shield is not yeah. what you thought it was. I mean, Marvel says a lot about friendship and sacrifice. Yeah, it's a, specifically it says friendship, sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, like it's, yeah, and, yeah. Sorry, but like that's you know, th- I mean, that like ties into that's like a very implicit way to tie into um. They say friendship and sacrifice when they're like fighting bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. like saying friendship and sacrifice in the context of fighting a bad guy is, um, you know, a very implicitly war movie take. 
Yeah, it, it is very much like the camaraderie of soldiers on the battlefield, you know. But I, mm-hmm. I, I also will say, so I think that I think that we're we're now's a good time to bring up the ultimate question of this episode, right? The question that we've decided to ask is can any movie that has undergone this sort of scrutiny from the government uh, or has been produced under these circumstances truly be anti-war? So can Hollywood actually make an anti-war movie? And what do you think, Sandy? What's your, what's your initial take? I mean, it's a tough one. I, I, because okay, so I would argue that there's a there's a movie called The Card Counter, which I watched recently. There's a Paul Schrader movie. I don't think it's a good movie. It's it, it's pretty it's pretty bad in a lot of ways, but it is I would argue a pretty effectively anti-war movie. It is, or at least let me rephrase. It's anti. I would argue it's anti-military. It paints the military in a very bad light, and it's all about these war crimes committed at the Abu Ghraib, Ghraib prison and. Mm-hmm it ultimately centers on a soldier's experience and a soldier's guilt, you know? So I think that could be kind of dubious because really you're centering the American point of view at all times, but uh, it's pretty disgusting. It makes out that prison and the things done to be absolutely heinous as they were. So it doesn't sugarcoat anything, which which I think was compelling and maybe makes it, close to an anti-war film yeah i mean that that is a good question that that um we're thinking about is like iron man and captain america received pretty explicit help from the military but did did the card counter well i that is a great question <laughs> i don't think it did i don't believe that it actually received it because it it, it doesn't need any it doesn't need mm-hmm. any but I don't believe that the the script was uh, was was approved by the Pentagon because there's no way the Pentagon would approve that script, you know. Yeah, right. But there's no way it was produced by a major Hollywood studio with other movies in production that uh, were approved by by uh, the Pentagon. So and, and many movies in the past that have been approved by the Pentagon. So I think that like as it fits into the the broader context of their release schedule you know it it's like it's it's an anomaly right mm-hmm. like it, it it yes it didn't they didn't need these big expensive uh, things to film this so they didn't have to go through the pentagon huh okay so i feel as though we're moving a bit towards talking about more explicit war movies do we want to go there? Uh, I mean, yeah. Do you have any? So what? Yes. Let's so I mean, about you've brought up you've brought up this question, right? Yeah. Let's get some initial takes. Sandy, you gave an initial take. Wayne, do you want to give an initial take? Yes. Okay. Oscar Wilde. As okay. long as war is regarded as wicked, it will always have its fascination. When it is looked upon as vulgar, it will cease to be popular. I'm sure you've heard this quote before. I've not. Um, I'm and not, basically, like, that's a good quote. That's that's basically what my argument would be is that like. We're talking about, we have this question of whether a military-funded movie can ever truly be anti-war. Like, my argument, which is what I said last time we recorded, was that most movies, like, and I'll amend this to what you said about um, the, what, what was the movie you just referenced, Sandy? The disgusting one? The Card Counter. No, the, yeah, okay, that one was, um, yeah, as long as you, as like a soldier's actions are depicted as disgusting, then yes, that will be an anti-war movie. But 
you know, anytime people demonstrate heroism, sacrifice, and friendship, and like a deep sense of selflessness, um, that's going to resonate with people. Um, and if if you depict any sort of, um, you know, t- typically when we watch war movies, there um, the war has already been declared. And so soldiers are free to act in this like very moralistic manner. Um, right. You know, be good friends and be good soldiers. And they don't really have to interrogate, well, why did this war really happen? I mean, after their friends are all dead, they can like fall to their knees and say, damn it. Why did this war need to happen? God mm. damn it. Yeah. Um, but as long as we saw them act parochially on the battlefield, uh, we will regard them as heroes. The thing that really complicates this is that like people do act heroically on battlefields. Like that is like a little piece of uh, the human experience is, you know, getting mm-hmm. shot at and sacrificing mm-hmm. yourself like this deep expression of friendship of like jumping on a landmine or whatever. Yeah. Um, and we all know that. Um, and the American consumer wants to see it depicted and Hollywood wants to depict it. And the United States knows that when they see that being depicted, they'll get more recruits. And so they want to help Hollywood uh, do it. And so you have a vicious cycle of like three parties uh, three individual parties whose um, whose interests all align, and like, I don't really know how you're going to go about stopping them. Well, okay, Wayne. Here's here. I, I do think you've brought up some good points, and I want to I want to respond though because I disagree. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! On some okay, levels. okay, yeah. What um, I like this controversy. Yeah, controversy. The beginning of war is always controversy mm-hmm. or conflict, rather. <laughs> very wise though yeah yeah okay keep going (laughs) yeah um all right but i feel as though what we're taught when we're talking about the influence the military has on art i can't help but wonder if the reason that a large part of a country like america is moved by these narratives is because they've been taught to be moved by these narratives by these larger organizations that influence art. Now, I know that's kind of a cheap shot because in some ways, yeah, like, you know, I have family members who have fought in wars and like been moved by the events in wars, right? So it's obviously there are real life events that cause people to be moved by these stories. But I would say it's, imp- I, yeah. I, yeah, I think you've, you've fairly, you've poked a fairly large hole in my point. Um, I, I think you're right that it's basically impossible to, divorce america's culture of warfare and veteranhood um from its depiction of art yeah and that's it that's all i'll say and that's well, a little bit problematic <laughs> i mean it's a there's a lot like that you know the, okay here, here's what i'll say in my defense then um it's true that we have this massive um we have this uh like massive massive uh like pressure from like our culture of culture of uh veteranhood but other countries like warfare like other countries have war movies that like don't necessarily have um you know america's like culture of war um and like the cool part about art and the human experience is that you can connect with um you know 
emotional moments in movies even if like you're not part of a culture that uh you're not part of a culture that like exemplifies those values yeah yeah i i kind of have to like i i totally take your point owen and i agree like it's ultimately we can't know it's impossible to know the degree to which those stories are sort of inherent and speak to like this deeply Mm -hmm. human thing um and the degree to which we've been taught to love those stories but i would argue that like deep human connection and sacrifice are kind of inherently compelling to us yes you know would, like would, okay there is a degree of i in- don't have any problem with that i'll let okay. you finish sorry sandy go ahead no no no. i was just gonna say like i yeah i do think that those are pretty inherent like pieces of storytelling um that are very common amongst you know in lots of places um and i agree that framing those relationships through the uh, uh, through the lens of Mm -hmm. the military is is taught is something that's like a learned behavior certainly but i don't think it's shocking that people are compelled by those narratives no it's definitely it's certainly not i i can't i can't disagree with that but i can say that i don't like nationalism right so it's like that's that to me is the line like at what point do you go from telling a lot of stories about soldiers in war to telling stories about or telling stories that support nationalism and it's a very thin line it's a complicated line i'm not saying i know where it is yeah i mean i agree especially in the way that like stories that are ostensibly about nationalism have seeped into uh like have seeped into to blockbuster filmmaking you know Mm -hmm. it's like i know that there there are plenty of people who like will see a marvel movie and we'll see a, you know, like the the big movie that's out, but won't really see a whole lot of other movies, which I mean, I'm not saying like, that's a, like, I mean, I think you should probably, I would advocate you should see every movie that comes out all the time, but I, obviously that is <laughs> not realistic. So it's like, fair enough. If you, you know, you can't see everything, whatever. But I do think that that is, it can be upsetting when like your sort of baseline for entertainment has been approved by the Pentagon. Like, that's just a little, like, if you start accepting, like, a military, a Marvel movie, I should say, as your baseline of entertainment, then it's just, like, that's weird. Like, that feels a bit, you know, like, uh, exemplary of a, of a, of a, of a system that is not democracy, right? Uh, Where your government is making your art and is deeming what, so maybe, okay, you know what? I'm going to walk that back. That was excessive. But no, I'm I'm totally on this train. Like I'm not trying to stay in age. Yeah. Uh money is speech. Yeah. And uh-huh. if the Pentagon is funding certain like kinds of stories and not funding other kinds of that and not funding other kinds of stories, those other kinds of stories are just not going to get made. Yeah. Now, can we watch war movies without supporting nationalism? I'm going to go ahead and base and say no. You basically can't <laughs> because of the reasons we've listed. Really? Okay. But, okay, but wow. but but that does not mean war movies like are not war movies I think are super compelling without cultural context because there are very few situations um, where people are dying around you all the time. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, war movies. Uh, my argument is that war movies are very simple kinds of conflicts. Like, it's very difficult to have a wide range of characters, all who have, like, different conflicting interests and, like, who will, like, do different things to pursue their interests. It's very simple to have, you know, a group of your friends and a group of those bastards and 
the reason those bastards are those bastards is because they want to kill you. And so mm-hmm. you and your friends have to do friendship and sacrifice to kill them, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, since death matters uh, to you and your friends, you know, death matters to everyone, um, you always have real stakes. Yeah, I think- it's not just, yeah. It's half the people in the universe for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Well, and like, okay, there's a, there's a line, there's a, there's a line that really sticks in my head in Captain America, uh, the Winter Soldier, where um, Steve Rogers is like, or no, uh, the Falcon is like, what, what, what do we, how do we know who the bad guys are? And then Captain mm-hmm. America says, they're the ones who are shooting at us. You know, and it's like, oh, dude, that <laughs> you have cracked this case wide open, Sandy. Like, literally, the people who are bad are defined by the people who are trying to kill us. Yeah. And like, yeah. that's it. Yeah. And it, which is like, which is a, I think it's meant, I think if we take it in the spirit that it's meant, it is a, it is a, um, well, first of all, weirdly enough, I think it's kind of a conclusion to his character arc in that movie because mm-hmm. he learns, um, he learns to accept. Uh, sort of moral complexity in the world and that mm-hmm. there are shades of gray. And then he says that lie is sort of conclusion of that arc that he is no longer this like perfect man from the forties. He's now like a modern man who understands that sometimes we got to torture some people to get some information, you know? <laughs> yeah. Post Vietnam. Yeah, exactly. He's a post Vietnam, but it's interesting because he's a post Vietnam Captain America who still reaffirms these myths of, 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 you know, nationhood. And, and yeah. I, and I do think it's, it's telling that, the while the Avengers did not get funding from the Department of Defense, uh, the Winter Soldier did. That wow. script mm-hmm. was approved by the U.S. government, even though there are like a bunch of Nazis in the U.S. government. So clearly, there they they felt that there was something more important than the, all the Nazis in the government, which was I would argue Captain America's arc, which is learning that sometimes you got to do some you know, some dark things for the, for the greater good or whatever. Yeah. But see, I, even in that case, and I guess you already kind of said this, Sandy, but I don't think that conclusion that like shades of gray conclusion really fundamentally breaks the moral worldview that was set up. I agree. I I would argue that it is more of a, just, it's a more of a justification of places like Abu Ghraib than anything else. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and okay, we should say when we we uh, last time we recorded this, we we threw the phrase "war movies" around a lot, and uh, Catherine later was like, "You know, you really should say what movies you're talking about," which is true. And I I think this time we've uh, we've said some titles, but I feel like we should clarify in this context so far, we've mostly been talking about the soldier centric movies, and there are mm-hmm. definitely more movies that are more civilian based mm-hmm. that I think capture a very important perspective and that can in fact be um movies that are like anti-nationalist and about war yeah like i guess i kind of do agree with you wayne that at least of the ones i've seen movies that are about the like sacrifices and you know highs and lows of the soldiers at war are pretty nationalistic and it's kind of hard to avoid it is interesting that the average movie about a soldier ultimately uh, feels like a pro-military movie where whereas like that whereas lots of soldiers who get out of the military are like damn like that sucks you know like they they have nuanced takes on their own position and their relationship to their government that these movies uh you know almost willfully don't depict i'm not saying none of them do but mm-hmm. lots of them don't you know there there are there are 
I well, and I think it's telling. Like the in Iron Man, there was a scene that was there was a joke I should say that was cut about a veteran suicide. Oh, um, yeah. Which is which is one of the Pentagon's like no no phrases, you know, um, which is kind of shocking because that is like a that is a reality of American warfare that 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 just gets that doesn't get talked about in these in these movies. And I guess like I don't expect Iron Man to deal with it in a very nuanced or like compassionate way, but it's still weird that that was taken out, you know? Yeah. I think when when you can't deal with something in a nuanced and complex way, just make a joke out of it, you know, <laughs> and move on. <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> That'll work. I mean, I don't know about that, but it is weird that the Department of Defense was like, no, 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 no. Uh-huh. Not even. They, they did joke. say no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But wait, I mean, not Wayne. Owen. Oh, fuck. Um, the, the, <laughs> um, okay, hold on. Let's pause. Okay, I want to give Catherine the edit point because we got distracted. Um, what was I saying? Oh, and so you mentioned that there are movies that uh, that that depict the civilian experience more closely and 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 do come off as anti-war. What 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 movies were you referring to? Like, yeah, give us an okay. example. So a few movies we talked about before our original recording that we actually didn't even get to bring up during that original recording, and now here we are. Um, I'm gonna say. I'm going to start off with Pan's Labyrinth, mm-hmm. which is an interesting one because as a, a theme amongst these these war movies that I like, I'm not going to say Pan's Labyrinth is a straight up war movie, but it mm-hmm. definitely deals with war. The like the fact that a civil war is happening, I believe it takes place in Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, is very relevant to the plot. It is the political background that influences the personal story of Ophelia and her life and her family and her father being kind of like a evil crazed warlord. Yeah. I okay, mean, first I would of all, argue... he's not even her dad. Okay. Yeah. Well, Oh shit. I'm see, I, I'm not remembering the movie. Her dad is dead. Oh fuck. You're right. You're right. Her dad is dead. I'm going mean, I'm to, I'm going to rewatch this movie guys. I love it so much. I also want to rewatch it. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I mean, yeah. I agree. It's like, I would argue that that is the political foreground. Like that is not even the background. That is yeah. integral to the plot. You yeah, know? I, that's a good point. It, it's not even a background at that point. It is the foreground. Yeah. We see a lot of soldier bastardry in that movie, which is, I mean, like, it, which to me is practically defining of an anti-war movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For, for me, the big anti-war, like media is like, okay, so this is, this is a book, not a movie, but uh, Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse-Five yeah, that guy's fucking oh, yeah. crazy. Kurt Vonnegut is like nuts, you know. Like, <laughs> okay. He, so I don't now know. I, here's a question though, Wayne. So that's a very famous book, right? Mm-hmm. Has that? I I don't know the answer to this. Has that ever been adapted into a movie? Probably. Like, it's, it definitely has not eclipsed the fame of the uh, original book, which right. is not definitely the case not. for a lot of um for a lot of other media. Um. Okay. I mean, so. Sorry, no, keep going. Okay, basically, like, something I didn't know about the book, so that uh-huh. if you guys haven't read it, basically the plot is that, I mean, like, there's a lot that goes on, but the important anti-war stuff is that Kurt, um, the main character is, like, trapped. he's a prisoner of war in Dresden, and then Dresden gets firebombed by the Allies, and, like, the whole city is basically leveled, um, and thousands and thousands of um, 
civilians are killed and like it delays the german war machine by like a day so like it has no effect on the war and it's this like profound human tragedy mm-hmm. and what i didn't know is that this actually friggin happened to kurt vonnegut like he was there oh, as a prisoner shit. of war during the firebombing of dresden and the what reason the he sur- fuck? yeah the reason know. he survived is because he was in a basement oh with all the other um with all the other prisoners of war holy shit that's crazy i mean i i also think it's telling that like a book doesn't need to borrow equipment from the department of defense like it doesn't need money it doesn't need a budget you know so like he could get away with doing whatever he wants essentially you know because he he because yeah they just don't have monetary sway over over that Mm -hmm. i mean yeah it's it's uh it's kind of like the price of realism right because in a book the price of realism is just like your experience coupled with Mm -hmm. experiences you're drawing from other people but in a movie it costs money to if you want to have a tank on set you're gonna have to pay the big bucks yeah and i think that like the an interesting an issue we touched on last time when we uh fucked up this recording was (laughs) we uh uh oh and i I think it was you who mentioned that um because that um because those that equipment is so realistic it creates this atmosphere of realism right mm-hmm. um i mean obviously it depends on how you photograph it and whatever but like ostensibly it adds to the realism of a scene and if you believe a scene you believe the contents of that scene exactly. so it helps to sell this vision of the military as i don't know as superheroes or as um justified or as as in the way that as they playing sell. battleship the game exactly it's like as as brianna you know it's like <laughs> yeah. it all it helps to it helps to sell the whole the whole sense of the movie and if the movie is propagandistic then it it helps to sell that propaganda yeah also well, i want a side note before we continue our conversation here uh yeah i believe my incredible invention has left a bruise on my forehead in the short period of time we've been recording. I tied it too tight and it, it hurt, but I just kind of ignored it. So it's not ready for patent yet. I was going to ask about that. I was like, is that bruise new or is that bruise old? Oh my God, dude. I really think it, it, I hope it goes away. God. Okay. Maybe you should take off this. Maybe you should take off these pillows. I mean, at this point it's fine okay at this point i guess it's fine but i will say it has made your voice a little bit softer a little bit lower you know a little bit but in a, in a good way like in a, in a way it, it's sultry now ah, i see interesting yeah. but i'm sorry i left a bruise on your forehead all right well <laughs> look the point is that yeah. i think we've we've talked about we've talked about war movies we've talked about superhero movies you know we've talked about a lot of these things that have um, we have we answered the question sandy do you think well exactly that was going to be my that was going to be my question owen do you think we've answered the question wait do you think we've answered the question can you make uh, a truly anti-war movie under these constraints ah god no <laughs> i'm gonna say it is so difficult given the, i mean maybe one thing we haven't talked about a ton We've t- at least touched on it is like economic viability mm-hmm. because part of the reality with these movies that are getting made is that mm-hmm. the people putting the big bucks into the budget want to see a return oh yeah yeah right and so you know 
a lot of it is super profit driven. And I think there's a, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a lot easier to make a profit when you have on a war movie, when the military is behind you and you have, you know, along with your big production companies. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think it's interesting that the, so Pan's Labyrinth or maybe like Grave of the Fireflies, like they, they they're movies that have done well and they're regarded as classics and, and, yeah. and, you know, have like at least long-term economic viability, but they're also movies that are not American and they are probably the starkest uh, critiques of war that I, that I can remember seeing, you know, certainly. Wait a second. The, what? What about Starship Troopers? Oh, Oh. That's interesting. Oh, Wayne's throwing a wrench in. Wait, this is actually a huge take. So tell us about Star Trek Troopers. Okay, Star Trek Tro- Starship Troopers is about um, a bunch of aliens. Are they're these bug aliens that are fucking up our shit? Mm-hmm. So you, me, and so us three, us three friends, we graduate from high school, mm-hmm. and I go into the military, and my hot girlfriend goes and becomes a pilot. Uh-huh. And Neil Patrick Harris, yes, that Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> oh, that oh, yeah. one. He becomes a Nazi scientist. Yeah, he's one a who Nazi, but he's Tonys? a psychic. The reason he gets yeah. in is because he's a psychic. And we fight bugs, and at the end, we all meet up for drinks, and it's awesome. And um, anyway, so Starship Troopers is a nutso movie. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Um, but it's actually based on a book. And the book Starship Troopers is like this very straightforward, like pulp science fiction like very akin to Ender's Game. Oh shit! There's bugs in space. We have to go kill the bugs in space. Mm-hmm. Um, but un- actually, well, I guess like Ender's Game too. Yeah, I was gonna like, say it's um, kind of a. It's not. That's Ender's funny. Ender's Game example. is all about the. I, so unlike Ender's Game, so it's it's Ender's Game without any of the um the nuance. Yeah, the nuance. Thank you. Okay, but the movie like took the premise and turned it, turned it on its head. Like. At the end of the movie, it's kind of shown, it's like implied that the whole thing is part of um, a propaganda film because there's a narrator and there's um, a graphic user interface that's like part of the movie that we go in and out of. Yeah. Um, And it's, I mean, you can just go look this up. Like you can just watch a YouTube essay on this, like kind of the punchline. (laughs) I am watching a YouTube essay on this, Wayne. It's you. (laughs) It's about like, it's about trying to look at um, fascism from the inside. Yeah, it is a it's I think the idea was to make an effective fascist propaganda film and just and, and, and that's it, you know, and it's like and that's and I I think it is an incredibly effective. I love Starship Troopers. I, I really like Starship Troopers. I think that the the aesthetic is incredible. The way they use it's like Zoe 101, but fascist. I love it <laughs> so much. Like I just the look is so unique. And I really do think that like it is such an effective critique of of distinctly American fascism, of this sort of like underlying current of fascism in America by sort of saying oh, yeah. the quiet part loud. You know, mm-hmm. it it's it's just like let's strip away all the pretense. It's just like you're either a soldier and you can vote, or you're not a soldier and you can't vote. And that's how society <laughs> yes. works. And yeah. I and it's just like turn it up to eleven and make people see that they're that the, these biases they hold. You know, and I I I think it at least for me, I found it personally incredibly effective because it, it made me feel those emotions. It made me feel like 
I, I want to say it made me feel like a fascist, but you know what I mean? Like it made me feel it, like it a really was, strong guy who loved guns <laughs> in America. It was what just, you're saying is it worked, Andy. This yeah. this movie worked. And then, um, and then or it makes you. you feel intense emotion. And then you walk away and you think, I was feeling intense emotion for fascists. And it makes you yeah. kind of uncomfortable. Like, I think that's cool. There's so many layers to this. Also, the part I love is that his parents, the main character's parents, are like liberal cucks. Like, they're like, <laughs> you got to go to college. And he's like, no, mom. Like, I want to join the military. <laughs> I want to shoot the guns, mom. The bugs. The yeah. depiction, yeah, the depiction of the bugs as like these infinitely evil, like invaders who like are both mindless and also very calculating and intelligent. Yeah, yeah. Like it's 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 a it's the classic like invading horde, you know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But look, I mean, Starship Troopers is incredible. But I can't. <laughs> That's how you make an anti-war war movie. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. It, it has to pass muster completely as a war movie. And only on the second reading can you see it as um the anti-war movie. Yeah. Only when you it's it's like a mirror where it only ever shows you what you already believe. So yeah. if you love war, it'll show you an awesome war movie. And if you hate war, it'll show you like this anti-film. Yeah. This anti-war film. It's pretty interesting. Well, look, I mean I think Owen, do, do you have any final thoughts? Because I, I think we're, I think we already know this is a scam. This is obviously yeah. a scam. Oh, we, we, that's why there, we only did one scam for this yeah. episode. There's yeah. no deal today. Yeah. Except so, for but do you have nothing. any thoughts on our, on our big question for the episode? I mean, I'm definitely gonna go watch Starship Troopers. Oh yeah, I'm pretty Great excited movie. for that actually. Um, the, my answer to the big question, I think, fundamentally, is still gonna be no, but I have hope that it doesn't always have to be now you know yeah I've so i'm that... not i'm not a i'm not completely pessimistic in this regard yeah maybe one day somebody out there will sneak a little film past the pentagon and those stupid dummies at the pentagon <laughs> will be caught <laughs> unaware and they'll make a movie that hates them and mm-hmm. that'll be cool you could be that sneaky filmmaker yeah, yeah, you, our audience. Yeah, be that shade you want to see in the world. Yeah, be write a sneaky. screenplay. Yeah. Take it to the Pentagon. <laughs> be the rat. Be, <laughs> be well, pizza rat. <laughs> on, that, on that note, I think we have another perfect episode of Deals oh, and Scams oh, yeah. in the book. And you the we remember, listeners, be the rat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right guys so i have a i have a foil request here a freedom of information request uh placed by a professor in 2012 uh made to the pentagon to get a list of movies that got pentagon support and approval so i'm gonna go through a few a few of these entries i'm gonna make up a few entries and some of them are gonna be real you're gonna have to tell me which is which okay oh dude okay so let's start with the werewolf is it on the list or not on the list on the list Owen. ah uh, not on the list dude it's on the list there's there's don't say it i'll, I'll convince owen okay there's a bunch me. of like yeah what I is the werewolf seen this movie yeah but i bet there's military who shows up to like deal with the werewolf oh is this the one in the uk is this a, is wait no. no no this is not an american werewolf in london the movie is just called the werewolf 
All right, wait. So, Sandy, these movies you're making up are still real movies, right? Uh, no, that's not what I said. I didn't say that. I said (laughs) that some of these movies are on the list and some of these movies are not on the list. The movies that are not on the list can be fake movies that I make up. All right, I got it. Yeah. I think it's not on the list because werewolves... No, the military shows up and has to deal with the werewolves, so it's on nah, the list. Nah, dude, here's the thing about werewolves. They're too lone, you know? You, in order to have a military movie, you need a pack. You need a whole pack of werewolves, and you never get that. You only, uh, unless you're watching Twilight, which probably did All get... All right, let's end this charade. Yeah, okay. All right, I'm telling you the truth. The werewolf is not on this list. It oh is not God. a real movie. Oh my God. I, I, dude, I knew it wasn't a real movie, Sandy. I, I knew. I didn't look it up, I swear, but I, I just had a feeling. Okay, my next question America. The movie is simply called America. Is it on the list or not what on the, the fuck? list? What the fuck? On the list? Ah, I got to say on the list. You guys are both correct. It is on the list. It is on the list. It is on the list. Now, I, I got a real curveball for you guys. This one's called Mystic Knights and Pirate Fights. On the list or not on the list? That can't be a fucking real movie. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's not, bro. Maybe I made it up. Oh, God. Can you give us movie titles that we recognize? No. <laughs> I, I refuse. No, come on. I, I kind of want to know what America's about. <laughs> but also, I'm going to say this one that you've just said yeah. is not on the list. I'm going to say it's not on the list. Okay, Wayne. But if it is on the list, uh, you have to tell us what it's about. Not on the list. It is on the list. Oh my god! It's called Please. Mystic Knights and Pirate Fights. Okay, From now on, I will give you movies that you have heard of. I I, I apologize. Okay. Give us yeah, give us movies that are not on the list, but that could conceivably be on the list. Okay, okay, um, okay. So, Birth of a Nation on the list. Oh, Birth of a Nation. I don't think it's on the list, dude. I don't think the military wants to go back that far. Oh, but what if they do, dude? Because because <laughs> the American oh, origin fuck. stories, yeah. Uh, that's tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say not on the list. By the way, I'm googling Mystic Knights and Pirate Fights. <laughs> okay, sweet. Right yeah, yeah. Give us some. Well, first of all, I want to say it is on the list. Now, that is sh- like what the fuck? That's shocking. I mean, like, is it the? I guess it's the one. I guess it's the 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 kkk one because there's another movie called birth of a nation that is that that came out but it came out after 2012 when this request was put in so it must be the kkk one which is fucking shocking like wait what is birth of a nation about oh so birth of a nation is like a i guess it's like a it's like a very early film silent film it's like 1914 yeah yeah 1914 Uh, which wilson saw it yeah that is about the kkk and it and how cool they are yeah wow it's an old movie which is set further in the past yes yeah yeah, yeah. it is which is yeah which which is telling it's it, it's very it's a classic propaganda technique you know paint this paint this picture of a sort of mis- mystic path and imagine that's past. dude that's pretty fucked up you, wikipedia describes this as or this is a quote from someone who saw it and has re- reviewed it the most reprehensibly racist film in hollywood history yeah no yeah it's 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 truly some some heinous stuff it's it's crazy i mean i had heard i'd heard that title but i didn't know i didn't truly know what this movie was until now yeah now i know that the dod gave him money 
No, they it they're literally just titles on this list. I no think Wayne said it. Up. Wayne said 1915. I think that is when it is. 1914. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at this poster, and it's like literally this clansman is like a knight templar. Yeah. Essentially, like they're, yeah. they're American knight templar. Yeah. It it is. I mean, like you know, it's like oh, America's racist. Like I guess that's not like a hot take, but like it's still shocking to experience. I don't know. You know, it's it's always gonna be pretty shocking. Um. But look, all right, I, I got one more for you guys. Okay, and you it, got one more? I got one more. We could end the game. It's called Independence Day, the movie Independence Day. Oh, it's on the on list. On the list. Totally it's on the 100% list. 100% on the they list. They have the freaking F-22s going at it. Guys, not on the list. Not what? on the list. Ridiculous. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Tell it us. was rejected from by the Pentagon because... The uh, one of the characters is dating a stripper. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding? I'm me? serious, bro. Yeah, <laughs> You're these, ma- just- <laughs> these bitches <laughs> allowed the KKK to just do their fucking thing on screen, but yeah. a stripper can't exist. No, and the world. they're telling me that people in the U.S. Air Force don't date strippers. Like, uh, yeah, come on. Yeah. I mean, like, that's this the- is stripper <laughs> erasure. Yes, exactly. This is stripper erasure, bro. What the fuck? That's Sandy, crazy. I, I need someone in my immediate circle of friends to be mad at. So I'm mad at you for bringing this fa- these facts <laughs> I'm, to my I'm attention. sorry. <laughs> wow, independence. I am so... Yeah, That's wow. nuts, dude. All yeah. right, I'm glad we did this game so that you could get these facts in there. Yeah. And this also, I just love that I my favorite part of the game was making stuff up. And then- <laughs> I really thought you made uh, the pirate mystic knights and pirate fights. Oh my god, what a fucking yeah! It's hard to rhyme that fast. Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, that's true. You should have yeah, known. A little bit. You should have known. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll go through a couple, just a l- couple like strange uh, uh, movies on this list. We got the next Karate Kid. Weird. What with with uh, what's his name? Like Jaden Smith. No, 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 no. That's the remake of the Karate Kid. The next Karate Kid is the sequel to the original one from the 80s. The next one, like the one that has... Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it has like a... It's like a... Is it the one with the... It's like a gal Karate Kid, and it's like, oh, she's a girl. That's crazy. No, but Sandy, it's the next Karate Kid. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it hasn't been released yet. Oh, okay. Have you guys seen Cobra stuff? No, I've not seen Cobra Kai. You live in the goddamn San Gabriel Valley watch cobra kai oh i've is seen it? i've seen a couple seasons it's great yeah i like it yeah, i didn't great. know it was a saint gabriel yeah sandra loves it i don't know if it's a saint gabriel valley show but like okay real quick but before we before we call this recording off um i want to get in a few more strange entries on this list we got mac and me oh, a movie yeah. created by mcdonald's had pentagon yep. approval <laughs> uh we have the silence of the lambs which i would oh, not huh. expect it's like the, yeah, me either. The military. I guess it's because of the FBI. They must have shot yeah. inside the FBI. But it does portray the FBI as a shockingly misogynistic place. So I guess yeah, it's like but they, that's kind they of portray they portray the female lead as like well like, yeah. like she doesn't indict the organization, she indicts like the, the sexists. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh-huh. That's that's true. And it, it is it is like I would argue that that movie effectively uh portrays a systemic systemic misogyny but i do agree that like you kind of have to dig to get there i think for the most part it is pretty you know it is very much like bad apples you know and uh the last one is indiana jones and the last crusade 
Mm. Oh, not I surprising. Did, I, yeah, I really? did see that one. I remember seeing that one on the yeah. list. Yeah. 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 